Um, so I talk to a lot of people over, um, you know, through the course of the day on building their businesses, and we always talk about trust, value, and relevancy. How much does your buyer trust you? Meaning that's your conversion rates. So that buyer comes in, when that buyer comes into your listing, they have to trust you that this is the right product for them. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, wanted to talk a few moments about some sponsors. Scope from Seller Labs. Um, when's the last time you created a listing, right? And when you create that listing, you've got to come up with the keywords, right? It's all keyword dependent. I don't care if it's uh, private label or wholesale. You've got to get it right. Well, what's the best way to get it right? If you're selling a similar product that's really successful, you go and you take and use their keywords. And that's what Scope does for you. It's a phenomenal tool brought to you again by Seller Labs, the leaders in technology uh, when it comes to Amazon right now. They are just crushing it with all their products. But Scope allows you to get that listing right. Get ranked for those keywords as fast as possible. Therefore, you get the sales. So, Go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a little bit of money. Get some free keywords to test. Try it out and see if you see an improvement. If you don't, adjust. What's cool about what I love about uh, Seller Labs is that you then message and say, hey, I didn't get this right, Tyler. Hey, Jeff, this isn't working right. What am I doing wrong? And boom you're going to get the help you need. And that's what you're going to get from Seller Labs. And, and it's a very special group. They've been very, I've been very fortunate to be connected with them. And again, I look over time, they've delivered every single time. You know, same thing I can say for Karen from Solutions for E-Commerce. I mean, she's been carrying my account for a couple of years now, um, and our account, my wife and I, and she really does handle things for us. Um, I mentioned uh, just last week, we created a new listing with forget how many variations. But again, all the flat files uploaded, done as I needed. I pop in, so she'll send me a template. I pop in some information and then boom, it's handled. Oh wait, these pictures weren't done right, blah, blah, blah. This UPC needs it. Boom, modified, adjusted. And again, the communication's been phenomenal too. I get an email pack saying, hey, this was done or this, you're missing this, Steve. Hey, you got to do this. So, you know, we have those challenges too. And that's why I like working with somebody who's been doing it and been doing it for a long time. Did you know Karen also does listings for eBay? Yep, lots of them. So if you want to build out that channel, which of course you should, it's Q4, you should be selling everywhere you can, um, Karen can help you with that too. So you got to tell her I've sent you. So you're going to go to solutions for e-commerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks every single month. You're going to save that $50. But more importantly, you're going to get an inventory health report. Um, did you just get hit with monthly long-term storage fees? Well, guess what? If you haven't, they're coming. You want to get that inventory right, and she can help you with that. You got to tell her I sent you. Again, solutions, the number four, e-commerce forward slash momentum will get you into that. Save the 50 bucks. Get that inventory health report, though. That's really, really important. Get that going right away. And I don't want to miss my coach when it comes to retail orb or online orb. When I have a question, and I do. Not that we don't, we don't really do much of it anymore. But when I do have a question, I go to Gay Lisby. Because why? Because she's really... She is a coach. I mean, she's really phenomenal, but she also puts out a daily list and you're going to get that list five days a week. You're going to get tons of leads. The number of uh, 
agreed to amount that you're supposed to get, she, she usually gets to those in the four days. And then the fifth day seems to be a bonus most of the time. Phenomenal group, small amount of uh, buyers where this list is going to. And the best thing is the nuggets that you learn. Hey, why is the red one better than the blue one? Gate can help you with those questions. I saw, hey, I got, um, I got a, the dreaded letter about a brand. Here's the, here's the way you approach it. Hey, receipts, um, how do you, what's the best practice? I saw her leading instructions, teaching me, the accountant, how to do a better job with it. And it's phenomenal. So it's Gay Lisby's um, a million dollar selling. Um, I'll have the link in here. You've got to use um, the, my, my link and, and it does help me. I don't want to say it that way, but um, it's part of Amazing Freedom with Andy Slamins, Lee Ron, Hirsch Korn, and Nate Slamins. So you know you can trust them. Okay. So come out to the website, take a look at it. And you will get uh, savings and you can get two weeks free right now. Only through my link, you get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it? I get it. Back off. But right now is the time to make money. Get cash flow going right now. And so join. You get two weeks free. The only way you're going to get the two weeks free is if you use my link. It's on this episode. Come on out and give it a try. You will not be disappointed. Again, you're going to see me in there. So reach out if I can help you too. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 353 Cindy Zlato. Now you're going to hear that name. You're going to be like, wait, wait, where do I know that name? She goes by amazing taste. You've seen her out on YouTube. You've heard of amazing taste stores, um, long-term seller, uh, sells on eBay, Amazon, Poshmark, Macari, Etsy, uh, sells on a lot of different places, does coaching. So that's probably where you recognize her from. Um, but man, there's some really key takeaways from this interview that you really need to listen to. If if you're in a relationship, this is a great episode for you. If you've been thinking about, could I work with my significant other? This is a great episode for you. If you're thinking that it's hard selling on Amazon, it's hard selling on eBay, they, they hate me, they, those platforms hate me, um, this is a great episode for you to get some perspective. And it's the takeaway that I get from Cindy is she has a lot of perspective. And I think that if you apply that perspective to a whole bunch of things, it's almost that being grateful and recognizing what you have, not what you don't have, will change a whole bunch of things for you. And uh, man, I, I just think she does a great job with it and uh, very, very impressed with it. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about today's guest. This guest's name has come up Actually, several times over the last couple of years, but I was at a conference and somebody uh, took the initiative to introduce me to them. And I always appreciate that because when somebody comes with somebody else's recommendation, especially face to face, it gives that person an acknowledgement of the contribution they made in their life. And that's very cool because that just incents you to do it more. So I'm very excited about this. <clears throat> Welcome, Cindy Glotto. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm yeah, excited it, to be on. It is very cool when somebody took the time to bring me to you. So A, that's not the first time you brought up your name, but it was just so cool <laughs> that he thought well enough of you for what you've done in his life. Yeah. Do you get that? I mean, that's that's kind of cool, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. This e-commerce world, the e-commerce community has so many amazing people, and I've been very blessed to have been able to be a part of so many different people's journeys. Um, Brian, who you spoke with and 
just so many people along the way and being able to be a part of their businesses and help them grow and watch them succeed. It's been amazing. It's kind of humbling in a way, isn't it? Very much so that I am able to talk to them and that they want to hear what I have to say and they want to see, hear those insights. It's incredibly humbling. Well, the other thing is, is that they're looking for, um, they've seen you've had a lot of success. And so I, I guess I, let me qualify a couple of things. First off, you can hear my voice. I'm, I'm nursing a cold or a cough or something <laughs> like that. So I will turn my mic off and cough my brains out. But Cindy has a, a business called Amazing Taste. And that's probably where people are like, they're not connecting with the name and they're going to say, oh, wait, I know, <laughs> I've seen your post. You post a lot of stuff. Um, and you've been around for a little while. This isn't new for you, is it? No, no. I have been been selling on eBay for 16 years now. And oh, dude, you're old. Part, in, in like dog right? years, like or in eBay years, you're like you know 88 Ex or something. <laughs> exactly, and have lived to tell the tale. So yes, and a part of the community back when it was the eBay community boards, you know, like so from the beginning. So absolutely. Um, it was under a different name for a few years there in the beginning, but under Amazing Taste for a very long time now. When when you think back to the eBay of old versus <laughs> the eBay of now, I mean, to be fair, right, Amazon didn't mm -hmm. really exist in its form, right? It was a, probably a book thing Correct. way back then, you know, probably just selling Correct. books. Um, it didn't have none of the, and I'm going to stretch, I mean, almost <laughs> none of the retailers had real uh on commerce sites there was you know there Very were true. there were some the magazine companies went online right the uh, or the mm -hmm. catalog companies but there wasn't the same so ebay really had um had had it all potentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i'm not a negative guy because i do love ebay i sell a ton we've got you know i'm not bragging but we got five thousand SKUs. so we're a large seller we've been selling forever and we have more than one account but mm -hmm. but when you think back to the days of old versus the days of new, how how do you how do you stay motivated and not get discouraged? Oh gosh, I think I see more potential now in eBay than I did then. Well, that's interesting, and I would agree with you, but I want to hear why, why you would say that. So back in the day, back in the olden days of <laughs> back in the day. Um, you know, somebody would come on to eBay. I mean, I started, most listings didn't have pictures mm. and there was no PayPal. There was no eBay brand. People didn't know what eBay was. And so you were really asking somebody to come onto the internet, which was still fairly new, trust that what you said in a listing was what you were actually selling because there were no pictures. And then to send you a personal check through the mail mm. and then hope that several weeks later, what they received was what you were selling. There weren't returns. There was no buyer protection. It was really a very large risk for the buyer. So as eBay has grown and changed and as e-commerce has grown and changed and those things have come into play, there's a lot more trust now between buyers and sellers as much as, you know, maybe that's not what we hear. There really is. And I think that's uh, shown by the amount of transactions that happen on eBay today versus how many happened back in, you know, 1996. So I feel like there's that trust continues to grow 
And as that trust continues to grow, there's going to become more and more sales. There's more growth potential there as more people figure out how to navigate the site, find those sellers. I actually think we are still at the very beginning of the growth potential of eBay. Hmm. I don't disagree with you. I um, also believe that um, their technology didn't keep up with their desires because they're publicly traded. That's my opinion. And so you have to make the short term, you know, you make these terrible short term decisions rather than the long play. But that seems to have changed. Um, and so I see I see them catching up and it's painful. It's yes. so painful, these change. Every time they make a change, when you have thousands of everybody's like, oh, just do bulk editing. No, it doesn't work that way. When you have <laughs> thousands of listings, you could change 500 at a time. But when you change that, it finds everything else that's wrong with it that you had no intent to mess with. And those yes. also get flagged. And so that won't let you change them. So you have this expectation. And so then it, it just takes you down a path that rightfully they should get fixed. But at the time when we did it, it was fine. And so it's just painful. Um, and again, I say discouraged, not turned off. Um, yes. Because it is, it's frustrating. I guess I should say mm -hmm. it that way. You know, the yes. thing that you're describing um, when you've been a long-term seller like you or me is you have perspective and new sellers coming in are like, oh man, eBay sucks. I just did this and they changed it. But it's like, wait a second, you don't have the perspective of what they've built. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All exactly. Right. Yes, I remember back in the day when the entire site would go down <laughs> for hours, maybe even half a day. And if it was all auctions then, there was no fixed price. So if your auctions ended and the entire site went down, well, you were just up poop creek, so to speak. As my grandmother would have said that there was no recourse. The site just went down. And so now, you know, to me, these changes, they are painful and I get it. And the glitches that we have had this year, have rivaled some of those early years, but I still got sales on those days. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the perspective still a lot again. Better. Right, that's perspective. <laughs> right, how many e commerce sites, right? We have some Shopify stores. How many sites don't have sales in a day? I don't think yes. there's been a day I've, we've ever not had sales on eBay, ever. And so I agree with you there. No matter what, their audience is huge and you can drive it. Um, the other thing, too, is. Um, in some ways, there are a lot more sophisticated sellers that you're selling against. You used to be able to get away with so much because there weren't, you know, you had an exclusive, uh, let me look on your site. I'm trying to think of something, coffee mug. I'm looking at your coffee mug. You had that only coffee mug. But now, you know, people know that there's value. And so there's these sophisticated people who have them also. And so you have to compete now where you probably didn't back then. Yes. And buyer expectations are a lot higher now than what they used to be. I mean, I remember, you know, I used to ship every three days and that was cutting edge, you know, like I was one of the fastest shippers out there. And now buyers expect that item on their doorstep almost before they've even ordered it. So buyer expectations have changed. So you're not only competing with that more sophisticated seller, you're also up against those buyer expectations, which has forced anybody who's been in the game this long to become a better seller. We have to up our game. You have to. Well, here's something that I'd, I'd like to know what your opinion is. Were there more part-time sellers or full-time sellers way back then? That's a good question. I would say that the majority of people were probably part-time e-commerce sellers. Mm. So it was like a side hustle. 
Yes, simply because it was so new and it was very risky. Um, Most of them had brick and mortars somewhere. So they had an antique store. They had a, you know, a retail location of some sort that they were, you know, kind of testing the waters in this e-commerce world before they went all in. I wonder if that then does create the problem of today where a lot of people are full-time sellers, but utilizing part-time techniques still. So it's kind of like you said, the, the, the buyer expectation is that I'm sitting here 24-7 ready to ship, right? We have a whole team, <laughs> giant warehouse of people ready to ship. So on a Sunday night, they kind of expect you to ship on a Sunday night because if you buy something on Amazon on Sunday night, it'll okay. ship generally, it'll ship on Sunday night. And you'll actually like, wait, what? There's actually somebody okay. out there. And, and, and you know, that change um, a lot of people haven't kept up with. And I think that's part of the frustration because I've designed my life uh, around eBay, right? And therefore, I had these great, like you said, three-day handling time, right? As opposed right. to, you know, one day. And so now all of a sudden, the expectation of the buyer has changed so much. eBay saying, hey, you got to get with it. And some of us are fighting it. And uh, I think that's a challenge. Absolutely. I think it's a challenge for any small business, though. Whether you have a, a small business that's a brick and mortar in a town and Walmart comes in or you have a small mm-hmm. business online, it's a small business problem. You have to figure out how are you going to compete against the Walmarts of the world. And those people are on eBay and those people are in your local town. It's just how much market share do you want? How much growth do you want? And how much of your life are you willing to trade off for that? Hmm. I think that's great. Again, we're back to perspective. You're right. Um, All those small businesses that closed in your town didn't adjust when Walmart came or the big boxes came. And so therefore, now some did make it because they uh, twisted and they changed and they got better at other things. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good perspective. So, so why eBay? Why, why start selling uh, for you? What was it for you that drew you there? So eBay was completely accidental. Um, I actually was part of an MLM, so part of a multi-level marketing. I sold rubber stamps way back in the day. Rubber and stamps. Yes, back in the crafty uh, okay. craze, which anybody who follows me now will find that um, rather humorous because I'm really not a crafty person, really not a creative person in any way, shape, or form. But that's what I did. There was a market, and I could get a product, so I was in. Um, but then we had our third child, and he was really sick. Um, he was sick the entire first year of his life, and so having a party in my house or going to a party just wasn't going to happen. But I still wanted to be able to make money. We still had bills to pay that I wanted to be able to contribute to. And now I had all this product. So somebody said to me, have you heard about eBay? And I went, no, what's eBay? <laughs> what, what, what's this thing? <laughs> what, is, what is that? And they said, well, you know, you can just go and, you know, say what you have and you can sell the stuff and people send you money. And I was like, all right, well, I'll try it. I've got all this stuff that I can no longer get rid of and I'm no longer using because I now have this, this sick little guy and I now had three kids under the age of five. So let's get rid of it. And that's how it started. I, that is honestly how it started. I had a product 
I needed the money. I threw those things up. It was all auction. I started them all at 99 cents. They immediately got bids and I was like, holy cow, this, this can happen. So then I started looking for more stuff, you know, eBay's like a drug and those, those sales where you get more money for something than you thought you would, it's like a drug. And so I wanted that again, you know, like what else do we have I can sell? And so I started selling everything, all of the kids toys that, you know, they weren't using, um, their clothes that they had outgrown. And suddenly then I didn't have any more product. I had sold everything. And so then I started looking around, you know, what's in my area that I can get that I can put online and sell. And it just grew and grew and grew. Do you think that you had special skills looking back and being honest um, and not this isn't an ego issue, but it's real. Um, Do you think you brought some special skills to eBay, which made it successful for you maybe not easy because i don't know that it's easy but like the fact that you were able to get past all the hurdles with the photos and all that junk that was back then which made it really hard um do you think you had some skills that that when you look back you can say huh like for me i'm a noticer how about for you Mm -hmm. i think that uh for myself and for anyone who is successful on ebay you have to have a special level of stubbornness Mm. because there are always, whether you start today or whether you started 16 years ago, there were hurdles to climb. When I started, there was no YouTube. There was no guide. There were no, there was no Facebook. So if you wanted to sell, you literally had to get on the site and figure it out on yourself, on your own. There was nobody helping. There was nobody teaching. There was none of this. So there, are, there was a special level, level of stubbornness that this site is not going to be smarter than I am. I'm going to sit here, hmm. it's that determined personality of I'm going to sit here and I'm going to figure this out. There's money to be had here and I'm going to figure out how to get it. Well, what you just said, you know, you, you're going to be smarter than it. A person created it. I mean, that's the thing yeah. that we got to realize. There's not, this is not AI stuff yet, yet. <laughs> uh, so therefore, if somebody created it, they did it logically for them or however they were instructed or whatever. So you just have to pull it apart, parse it, mm-hmm. and then put it back together so it's understandable for you. And my wife would say, it was probably a man, there's a lot of man speak in there. And so you got to, you, you get through that, right? You're married, you could get through that. And then you can do it on your own and then rebuild it so it works for you. That's, mm-hmm. I think, really the difference between a lot of people who give up early and push their way through. Absolutely. You have to be willing to put in the time on your own. I mean, I've gone so far as to find eBay's patent to their search algorithm. It's out there. You can find it. And Ooh. if you want to read it and you want to dissect it and you want to figure it out, you can do that. Are you a nerd? You, You're a nerd. Oh, yes. You're a nerd. Yes. I come from an accounting background, so I am all numbers. I mean, algorithms are just math equations. That's all that they are. And so as soon as I realized that it was just a math equation, I was all in. It's like, this is now you're speaking my language. I can figure this out. So I, I came in, I figured out eBay's algorithm and it's not, you know, it's not precise. It changes every day and there are a lot of moving parts to it, but you can figure out at least the moving parts. Well, let's talk about that part set for a second, because I think mm -hmm. it's um, a much respect for the accounting profession. You would have been the (laughs) tax person that I would have hired or whatever. I would have been the big guy picture because I don't, I can't, I can't do it. 
you know, even <laughs> I came from the profession. I, I just can't get down in there and stay in there because it's like I'm not that smart. But but let's talk about just a couple of the key points today that you would say that are really, really important for eBay's algorithm, which would transfer over to Amazon and would transfer to Google mm-hmm. and Shopify and all the same. There, there's a there's a few core uh, components. Could you break some down that you think from Absolutely. Cindy's perspective? Absolutely. Um, I think most of the the sites, whether it's Etsy or Amazon or Poshmark, they're all based on the same key points. Uh, the big one's going to be conversions. Um, eBay, Amazon, Etsy, Poshmark, all of these sites want to see you making sales. Sales are what drives their bottom line. It's what brings in buyers. Sales are the key part of this. If you're not making sales, eBay, Amazon, whomever it is, says, okay, you may not, you must not have products that buyers are looking for today. That's a pretty simple equation there. So why would they support that? Why would they push your stuff that's not going to sell, right? That's the premise. Okay. Because they have options. They have another choice. They could push Steve's stuff, which will sell. Exactly. Back in the day, like you said, there was one coffee mug (laughs) on the site. It was mine. Even didn't have a choice. If somebody typed in that coffee mug, they had to show mine. Today, there's a million of them. I got to look. So, you got me thinking about it. I wonder how many searches, if I do coffee mug, would come up. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Will it tell me? 485,853 exactly. coffee so, mug. <laughs> so think about it this way. If you're going into a town and you're going to stay at a hotel, and there's a hotel that everybody stays at. You, your friends have talked about it. It's always full. It's hard to get into. Great reviews. And then there's another hotel over here. It's the same price. It looks exactly the same. But it's always empty. There's no cars in the parking lot. Which one do you go and stay at? Oh, you just said something that connected with me as an old guy's mind that I had not thought of what you just said. It blew my mind right there. Um, my kids, my, my uh, older one's 32, they won't do anything without reviews. And so mm-hmm. what you're saying to me is that sales on eBay or sales on any platform are really reviews because people made the yes. decision to buy. Oh, I, I yes. never made that connection. Um, but until you just said it, it was like, huh. But a whole bunch of people are like, all right, come on, Steve, really? But it, that's the truth. I have not made that connection. That's really people applauding. Uh, they used to say, you know, the customers spending money with you was the applause, right? Um, exactly. That makes perfect sense. So exactly. conversions are critical. Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so then we go into, okay, we're making conversions. How many of those buyers then are coming back? What's your return rate? What's your feedback rate? It all comes back to that hotel. Uh, so, so how many times do those buyers come back? How many times do those buyers go on to Yelp and leave a review for that hotel? These are all things that you're telling the site that you're selling on. I'm a trustworthy seller. I have products priced competitively. I have good pictures. I create trust with my buyers. You have to tell that site. You have to tell eBay, Amazon, Poshmark, Shopify, whatever it is. You have to tell that site, listen, buyers trust me. I have good products. I price competitively. 
when my buyers receive their items, they're happy. Those sites don't know that inherently. You have well, to teach well, it. What you're saying then is, and, and break that down further. So every one of the key metrics, right, the deliver on time, as described, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Every one of those little metrics is you building your reputation. Every one of those are reputation building for you. Yes, absolutely. Mm, very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a great perspective to sit back and think about that. So so the better the pictures, right? Then the buyer mm -hmm. knows what they're going to get, and they're more likely to say, "Yes, I got what I wanted because I saw the pictures, and it's exactly as I always like when I get those comments, exactly as described." And I'm always like, "Yes, mm -hmm. that's a that's a pat on the back, right?" But that Absolutely. is a reinforcement. Um, yes. What are some of the other ones then that that you would say are or or it, let me ask you this way. What would you say is the most important one if you're going to start building that out? And then if you could do a couple in order, what you would think? Um, so I talk to a lot of people over, um, you know, through the course of the day on building their businesses. And we always talk about trust, value, and relevancy. How much does your buyer trust you? Meaning that's your conversion rates. So that buyer comes in, when that buyer comes into your listing, they have to trust you that this is the right product for them. So what's your trust factor? What's your relevancy factor? Do you come onto a marketplace and say, I have this coffee mug, and even though everybody else has this coffee mug listed at $20, I'm gonna list mine at 100 because I think it's amazing. Now, if it's signed by the creator, if it has a gold handle, then maybe it is. If it's just the same thing and you just decided that yours was five times better than everybody else's, that's not relevant. Hmm. The site's going to see that as not relevant. All of these sites understand what your product is worth, whether you want to think it or not. Well, Amazon deals with things, they call it the buy box. And I know eBay's yes. trying to get more and more into that, right? And you start to see some of that. But the concept is basically this, just because, like you said, you think your gold uh, uh, plated or whatever it is, your gold colored, coffee mug is worth a lot more than everybody else's coffee mugs, yet it's the same coffee mug, um, and you price it accordingly, you're not relevant, right? So that doesn't mm -hmm. show. So they don't show it. In eBay's mm -hmm. world, you're suggesting that their algorithm says the same thing, and then it just shows? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And we actually did, because I'm a nerd, and nerd. so I love to do a test. I love to run an A-B test. I think it's fantastic. I love to get other people involved. We run A-B tests together, and then we come back and we report our data. Yeah, I'm, And then I like to make a spreadsheet of it because I'll take the nerd all the way to the top level. So um, we, we do a lot of live chats on Instagram. And there's a site called checkaflip.com. Mm. And checkaflip, you can go on to, type in any product that you want to sell on eBay, and it's going to tell you the average sold price and the conversion rate. Two huge points for anybody selling on eBay. So what we did was we took that check a flip average sold price and said, okay, what if we go on the premise that that sold price is the relevant price for that item? If I price within 10% of that price, what does what happens to my search ranking? Ten percent above or ten percent below? Either way. Either way, within ten percent. So we had several people. We tested it across several different products, several different verticals, uh, several categories, um, 
And every single time, if we priced, then what we what we were saying, we were saying that check a flip was competitive pricing. So if we priced within 10% above or below of that price, we went up in search rankings. Which tells me, okay, eBay's saying your item is worth X amount of dollars. If your pricing is just way out of hand, then we see it fall. Which makes sense if we look back at why did eBay get rid of sales? Why did they say you have to wait 14 days to start a sale? Because. Uh, please answer. <laughs> from what I can tell, opinions by Cindy, take it for what you pay for it. From what I can tell, people were pricing very uncompetitively. They were pricing way high, and then they would start that sale. The sale price would bring it down to a competitive price. Mm. So if we make people sit at that start price for 14 days, then maybe they will bring their price competitive from the start. Well, so the, wait, one, don't go, don't leave that because that's, that's a big mm -hmm. fundamental change, right? For a lot of people, because that was the way it was done, right? You'd mark it up yes. because you knew you were going to discount, right? But now you're saying, no, you got to kind of price it right, Steve. But here's the challenge. Then do I need to change my listing from a good till canceled to a, to not an auction, but um, to a lesser, it's a 30-day sale or whatever it is. I don't know what their smallest listing is. But because you're pricing it now, so therefore your costs are lower. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? It should, you're changing one side of it. Has the rest kept up or have I not? Am I saying it right? Um, so I, I, I think so. Um, so this is what we have seen. If you will watch those check a flip conversions, you can sell that item within 30 days. Uh, and then the, the good till canceled 30 day conversation doesn't come into play. I want all of my items to sell within 30 days. So it's not an issue for me. And, and have you experienced that? Yeah. Wow. We, our average turnover, and we have some items that will sit longer for sure. We go into them knowing that that conversion rate is longer. And so we look at our profit margins. If I'm going to sit on an item for longer than 30 days, then my profit margin needs to be higher than an item I can flip within seven. So I pay attention to those conversion rates. It's the same thing you would do if you were an Amazon seller. If you're an Amazon seller and we sell on Amazon also, you look at that item and you say, okay, this is my profit margin. This is the rank of that item. And given the rank of that item, I can get an idea of how long it's going to take me to sell it. That conversion rate tells me the same thing. So now I'm saying, okay, this item is going to sell for $20, but it only has a 5% conversion rate. It's going to take me six months to sell that item. Do I really want to sit on an item for six months to sell it for $20? In my world, no, 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 no. I'm passing on that item now and I'm moving on. Part of the world of e-commerce and building a successful e-commerce brand is staying ahead of it, knowing that, okay, things that I sold a year ago may not be selling now at all, or maybe they sell for way less. So staying on top of that is crucial to my continued ability to pay my mortgage. Mm. So that, you know, we were talking earlier about sophistication, sellers coming in with sophistication this is a good example of that right is and and this isn't hard to do 
It's painful yeah. to do. So I'm, I'm looking, here's a good example. So I'm looking at a Lego freestyle sitting in my office and it's <laughs> old. It's cool. And I don't know where I bought it years ago, whatever. I found it. I'm like, oh, that's got to be worth something. And then I go and I use Checka Flip and I pop that in. And when I put the actual number in, it didn't have any sales. I'm like, huh. Mm -hmm. So now I shorten it a little bit, better keywords, and boom, it shows me some. And they're selling for a lot lower than what my mm -hmm. expectation would be. But I, I'm, I should know all, Cindy. I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm supposed to know everything. But this is painful yes. yet, but there's a perfect example. And it says it's only 19.44% sold. So that mm -hmm. means 20% of them are going to sell, and these are what they sold for. So if you want to put yours out there and be part of that 80%, price it mm -hmm. high. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm, sophisticated. Yeah. Very, very cool. I'm not familiar with this site, but it, I can see the value. So now you take this approach on every listing you do? Um, every new listing that I'm uh, doing, meaning a new brand that I'm doing okay. or a new item. Um, if, so I'm not looking up every single item that I list for no way. I would never have the time. But if I see a, so we sell a lot of clothing. If I see a brand starting to slow down, if I start getting a lot of what I would consider lowball offers, I take that as an indication, like that lowball offer never upsets me. Take that as an indication of, huh, maybe I'm not as aware of what the market is for this item as I think I am. So now I'm gonna go and look at it. Because the market changes quickly. And so what the market was on that item when I listed it may be different than it is today. And so when that lowball, you know, the first lowball offer that comes in, you just go, eh, whatever. But the second one that comes in, you have to really start to think, maybe the market is trying to tell me something. Maybe this is the value of my item. Ooh, and that hurts. I, it does. But... I'm not in, you know, I have a good friend, Monica, the posh hanger over on Instagram, and she says, I'm not in the storage business, I'm in the selling business. Mm. I don't want to be in the storage business. If this is what the market says my item is worth, then I have to be realistic enough to admit that. Or I just store it and stuff. Does that then, so then logically, you're changing your buying patterns. So you're like, okay, check, yes. not buying that again, got rid of it, recovered what? what I can recover. Now, mm -hmm. let me add another twist to it, though, because you sell on multiple channels. Yeah. Does that now, I mean, A, do you extrapolate that across? I mean, is an eBay seller the same as an Amazon? I mean, is an eBay buyer, excuse me, the same as an Etsy buyer, the same as an Amazon buyer? Um, and now that there's so many other specialized little, you know, uh, apps to sell on, um, do you have to think that way? I, I think you need to be very aware of the differences in those buyers. There are a lot of similarities, but there are items that will sell better on one platform to the next. And being diversified allows me to find the best platform for that item to get the best ROI on that, on that item. So I look at it like, okay, I, I have this brick and mortar that, you know, I want to open up. I can now look at the internet as, okay, where's the best town? Who gets the most traffic for the type of product that I'm wanting to sell? And that may change. That may, that has changed within the last year. Sites that I was doing really well on now are getting saturated. And so I'm moving away and, you know, I'm constantly watching. I watch Google Analytics. I total nerd. I told you. Nerd. I watch Google. I watch Google Analytics 
a lot. I want to know what these sites bounce rates are. I want to know who's gaining in market share. I want to know who's losing on time per visit so that I can be making those shifts. If the buyers are shifting from one site to another, I want to be there for them to find me. Why do you think buyers shift from site to site? Is it marketing? Is it um, um, disappointment and then they just move on? You know, they went and they said, oh, you know, uh, I'm not liking this. This wasn't a good experience. And then I move on. What do you see? Um, I think some of it's marketing. Social media plays a big mm. role, especially as we get this new generation of millennials and Oh, gosh, what's the next one? Generation X, Y, Z, whatever they are. I have one. I don't know what they are. They're young. Um, as, those, as those kids come up, their buying power and their potential buying power is tremendous. So social media marketing becomes a really big deal in where they shop and how they shop. And then we go to buyer experience, of course. If I go onto eBay and I order a product and it comes and it is in a used pizza box and horribly flawed, the chances of me buying from you now are less. Even though you're not the one who sent uh, me the pizza box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the same site. You represent it. Mm -hmm. All eBay people use pizza boxes, right? That's what your perception <laughs> is, right? I mean, that's what you're thinking exactly. in your mind. Uh, I can't yeah. buy from them. Jesus. And then, you know, what we used to say is that, you know, you would tell 28 people that same story. Mm -hmm. And so therefore those 28 are tainted by your perspective and uh, your perspective is your experience, right? Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Which I know a lot of sellers who were upset by the, the new service metrics and we go back to the seller dashboard stars and all of that. But honestly, it, it helps us all because if you're a seller who's not shipping in pizza boxes and you're shipping on time and you have good product, then those things should never be an issue for you. But if you're sending in pizza boxes, then that's going to give you a ginormous red flag. Listen, your buyers aren't happy, and that affects us all. It's not an all bad thing. Did it make us all up our game? Of course it did. Is that a bad thing? Maybe not. And that that seller, you know, one little negative behind the scenes, and you don't get to see every comment that eBay gets, right? You're... you're record you don't get to see everything they would then probably the algorithm would push them further down the list because and so yeah. when they're starting to see lower sales it probably is or it could be yeah. a piece of that um as you said with um, um with some of those conversion factors those things that aren't helping you um your your reputation was tarnished a little bit can you get yeah. it back of course you can um ebay eBay is probably one of the best sites for being forgiving. If if I go on to Amazon today and I mess up on Amazon, man, they are just mm. completely unforgiving. They will shut the door on you, lock it, throw away the key, and never look back. They just do. That's, that's the world. It's their playing field. They get to make the rules. eBay really does allow sellers to make a change. They give you lots of warnings. They tell you, you know, this is coming. This is what you need to fix. So, and then you can get it back. Is it easy? No. No. It's not perfect, but I don't know anything that is perfect. You know, I mean, uh, my air conditioning went out at my warehouse, or my heating system in my office is brand new. 
and it uh, surge protected. The power went out, nothing to do with it. And so guess what? It went out of service. So therefore I'm cold. Mm -hmm. So I had to put an electric heater in. Whose fault is that? Who do I blame, right? Nobody. I mean, this is what happens, right? And so, I, and I think the same thing when, when, when there are problems. I think when you look at it globally, I was very encouraged, again, when I saw, I met that Brian Burke and I really was encouraged. What a cool guy, smart, caring. Um, my experience too, with an anchor store, we have access to uh, a U.S. rep. And yes. when you can actually call, when we've been selling on Amazon since, we've been FBA since 2011. And it's so, mm -hmm. back in that day, I used to email somebody and actually get a response. Now, you, can't, <laughs> you can hardly ever talk to anybody. But on eBay, when you have an anchor store, you actually get somebody. And we were talking and the guy actually sells. So he understands. He's like, oh, yeah, this is what, you know, here's how I do. I'm like, oh, dude, I get it. Somebody who actually mm -hmm. understood the business. It was so powerful. And I must admit, mm -hmm. I... I I'll tell that story 28 times and that's a positive story, right? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian Burke, um, he's a fantastic guy. We've met him, known him for several years now and he goes to meetups across the country. If you ever have a chance, you should absolutely go. He's one of the first people to say this and this is what I really appreciate. He's one of the first people to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll help you find it. Oh, that's cool. And that's really cool to me when somebody can not just, you know, appease you, not just say, oh, it'll be fine we're, or we're looking into it or we're aware, but actually say, you know what? I don't know. I haven't heard about that. Or, you know what? That's a really big issue. I'm going to email that to somebody right now. And he will. That says a lot to me to the spirit of the company. Then we're like you're saying with Amazon, if I as a seller, if I have a problem with Amazon, it's far more difficult. Not that you can't, not that there aren't ways, but it is far more difficult. If I had um, Poshmark's a new, you know, clothing site, I can't call them up until just recently. And Etsy's just starting to change, but I couldn't call Etsy. When I had a problem, there's no phone number. I can't call. I'm, we sell a Mercari right now and we've got an issue there and it's going to be an issue because there's no, there's no easy customer service lines there either. So I, I appreciate that fact, even if I call in and I don't get the answer that I like, because that happens. Yeah, that's painful. It, and it is. But I appreciate the fact that at least there was somebody to call and rant at. And that's just the truth of it. Sometimes, you know, I still didn't get the answer that I wanted, but at least I was able to call and be upset about it. Cindy, I appreciate that you were speeding to get to your kid's soccer game because you're a mom that cares. <laughs> However, I'm still going to give you the ticket, right? That's really what it is, right? You know? Exactly. And, but it's, it's the truth. At least you got an answer. I mean, to me, I, yeah. I think a lot of times when you send, I, I get frustrated and it's every website and I don't want to, and, and it's probably me that I didn't reply to. I get a zillion questions across my websites and I try to reply to every personal one with a personal message from me, but I'm sure I've disappointed somebody. Um, mm -hmm. And so that stinks. The fact that I sent it back to you, somebody, a good example, somebody sent me this unbelievable note last night. It was very kind. It was very, very, but he's like, hey, you got, you got a bunch of, uh, commercials he didn't call it that but that's what they are sponsors at the beginning of your shows that's a lot yeah. and you know i'm like well that's awesome you know for the comments thank you very much however i put them all up front so you can skip past them if you don't want to listen to them i understand that but you know i do have sponsors that help pay for everything and so 
I used to spread them out throughout the thing and break my concentration. I don't do that anymore. Um, and so that's what it is. So I don't know whether he liked the answer, but that's the truth. And at least he got yeah. a response, right? Hmm. What are you What are you seeing with sellers that are coming to you now? Because you got a, you're coaching a lot of people. You're mm -hmm. you're helping a lot of people, and you've been doing it for quite a while. But what's the difference uh, that you're seeing today versus the sellers of the past? Um, I think sellers today are more tech savvy. Yeah. Um, I think even us that, older people too, right? Yes, I think if you're older and you're still in the game, you've had to become tech savvy, whether you wanted to or not. Uh, so I think that they're more tech savvy. Um, I think they're more aware of the opportunities that are available to uh -huh. them. That's a good one. That maybe we didn't fully recognize. You know, if I could go back, I would have sold so much more stuff then. Holy cow, then I could have just retired. I had no idea the opportunities that were available. This is me. you saying this or this is people yes. saying this to you? No. Oh, well then, then go deeper there. Go ahead. Tell me what you would do different because I think this is a really powerful point. Oh gosh. It, when I look back, I was, you know, we didn't have smartphones. So you couldn't go into a store and look something up. There was no scanning a barcode. You just had to trust your gut that you knew what you were doing and there were no you know, there was no returning to a thrift store. Yeah, but but it's the miss that you didn't say, okay, I sold this Las Vegas golf shirt um, and it's sold so quick. I should then therefore create this list. This is the internet of the back in the, it was a legal pad and bring that mm -hmm. list to the store with me and buy every single one and go to every thrift store. Just, I mean, is that is that the stuff that you missed? I missed trusting my gut. Yeah. Okay. So the miss wasn't the shirt. It was the video game. It was the DVD. It was the electronic. It was everything else that I was like, eh, I don't know if I can figure out how to ship that. So I'll just stick here where it's safe because I know how to do this stuff. And he played it safe for way too long. If I could go back, I would have made some of those bigger moves sooner because now I see the potential, the potential is terrific. So would you have scaled faster too? I mean, is that another? Yes. Okay. So, so let's 100%. take it forward. Yeah. Because I, this is where I see this being very, very applicable for new sellers coming in. Is this the opportunity? I mean, what you're telling people is to scale quicker. Um, now, we got to be cautious here. Amazon is different. Yeah. We really got to be cautious here because I don't want to go into this gray area and everybody's going to go out and buy everything on Target's end cap and, and sell it no. on Amazon. It isn't going to work, okay? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be satisfied with the results you get, okay? Um, not that you can't be successful. But we're I, let's stay on eBay because I think it's an easier place to do. When you start seeing those successes uh, selling the Las Vegas golf shirt, mm -hmm. you should go all in. Is that what your advice is? Um, my advice is absolutely of trust your gut and ignore the noise. Hmm. So if your gut tells you, I sold this shirt, you're looking at your, your data, you know, your buyer go all in. If you're listening to the noise and there's a lot of noise that is saying, Oh no, you know, eBay's going to die or, Las Vegas golf shirts are going to die or, you know, nobody's going to buy that. Ignore the noise, trust your gut and lean into what you know. You know, golf 
clubs, lean into that. Yeah, that's a good one. Lean in. Oh, I love it. Ooh, ooh, he just yeah. moved me with that. I mean, that's a great, that, that's, that's a great description. Lean into it. Ooh, love it. Yeah. Because Much better it's not than about, all. Yeah, it's, it's not about going and buying a wholesale lot of golf shirts tomorrow. Because that may be a very bad move. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> but you know your business. And I think as entrepreneurs who get into this, whether you're getting in today or you got in you know, a gazillion years ago, you have an innate feeling in, in your soul that you can feel that this is going to be good. And you know when you're at a store, you know when you're looking at a skew. And you just go, ah, that's something. I don't know what yet, but it's something. Lean into that. Lean into it. Oh, I'm going to use that a lot. That is such a, you know, when I think about what came to mind, especially with clothing, um, is Jason T. Smith, Thrifting Board, or Ronnie mm -hmm. Hart, uh, Hart's mm -hmm. Pickers, or Steve Rankin back in the day when he was yeah. really selling clothing, and he really put the effort into it, right? What was it that they do, uh, or Jason with his tiki mugs is a good example, his tiki business. He leans into it. He makes it his mm -hmm. business to know everything about it, find every single one, and then describe it and do everything right. Ooh, yeah. that's so good. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Cindy. Yeah. Now I know why your name has come up. <laughs> so, so you're doing a lot of coaching out there, and, and specifically, what are you coaching people on? Uh, so the... The coaching just came about because I had done a lot of these kind of interviews and um, a lot of people just, you know, trying to figure out their way. And there's no there's no real blueprint for this. And how do you how do you get here? Um, so I talk a lot to people about how I scaled my business. You know, um, I did this for yeah, 10 years, um, 11 years by myself, made a good full time income for myself before we decided that my husband should quit his job and he should go full-time with me. And in order to do that, um, we sat down and he didn't think it could be done. He had a good corporate job with good benefits. And he said, okay, if you can triple your sales in six months, I'll quit my job. Whoa. Let's stop there a second because this is, I think, very <laughs> powerful. No, I think this is exactly because this is a question yeah. that comes up a lot. How do I get, how do I bring, you yeah. know, Jim Cockrum always said, bring in husbands home. And that resonates with people. I mean, that's a connection, right? To, you know, that's assuming mom is home and now we're going to yeah. bring husbands home. Um, I think that's a very powerful thing. So you guys sat down first off together yes. and agreed to this, came to terms. Yes. Yes. Mm. Looked at how much we would need to make. How much is health insurance? I mean, we have three kids, and um, while they weren't in college now, we're all headed that way now. So, or they weren't in college then, they're headed that way now. Um, so looked at, you know, okay, how much do we really need to make? And how much can you really make selling used sweaters on eBay? Is it even really possible? Yeah, nobody buys them, right, right? Is it even really possible to have a mortgage, to send a kid to college, to you know, live, we live right outside of Chicago to live in a fairly expensive area selling used sweaters on eBay. Is that possible? And so we sat down and, and he was driving, he had a long commute to this job and really wasn't happy. Um, and so I said, okay, you tell me what I need to make for you to quit and challenge accepted. I'll go do it. Well, let's stop there a second because this is important. What this what in your relationship allowed you 
to make it a life goal. I mean, because I think that that's, you know, some people would have seen that as a burden. Oh, Jesus, I got to, I got to triple my sales to, to carry him. You're saying it. No, this is exciting for me. This is an opportunity for us to get deeper mm-hmm. in our relationship. And I know I'm getting a little mushy here, but it's, it's real. And I, I just yeah. love to hear this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I knew it would be best for our family. It's going to be best for our kids and best for our relationship. It was very, he was very unhappy in corporate life. Um, you know, it was a lot of stress. And we work really well together. I don't know that it necessarily should be a life goal for everyone. Um, my parents who have been married over 50 years, great relationship, cannot work together. Hmm. They should not be in this. And they would tell you that. So I'm not speaking out of turn. They would tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, and they have a great relationship. Well, but hold on works. a second, because I've interviewed a couple couples and they work on separate floors. That's very common yes. because they can't sit next to each other. Where Mark and Robin Levine, they have their desks butting up against. He goes, she knows everything. I know everything, right? Mm-hmm. But but in that example of your parents, your dad could be the shopper and your mom could yes. be the office person. So you could exist, but just yes. apart. <laughs> it, right. It works yeah. a little bit differently. Okay. And so we knew how it was going to work for us. Um, and it was incredibly exciting. And we both kind of felt like you get one chance, you get yeah. one chance at life. And we knew that. So we set this goal of this is what you need to be making for me to quit. And then we have six months. And if in six months we can't go from there to here, then we tried it. But at least you tried it. At least you don't think woulda, coulda, shoulda. Well, here's the, here's the, here's the thing, Cindy. What if he would have stayed at that job? got even more unhappy and mm-hmm. resented you because here you are having the time of your life. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. want to put these bad thoughts out there in the universe, but it's true. Absolutely. How many relationships have you and I seen it with our friends that have ended because they drifted so far apart where you said, hey, not me, I'm taking care of my man. Um, and he's stepping up. I, I mean, that's a marriage that, oh, that's a relationship. Yeah. Oh, give me the tingles. Yeah. I know it's corny, but I'm serious. If they're, if, listen, if you're listening to this and you guys are struggling in your relationship, this might be the answer. And guess what? When you travel, and when my wife and I were just away, we were, uh, she didn't make it to Chicago. We were in Florida the week before for an event. And when we travel, it makes those events so much better because she's part of it. It's so exciting. It does take your relationship to places that you only wish you can get to. And um, I think I think it's very very powerful. So you built a plan, uh, yeah. challenge accepted. You stepped up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. but I fully admit I went and found myself a small business coach hmm. because I didn't know how to do that. How do I take a business from you know point A and triple it in six months? That that's crazy. Nobody has that kind of sales growth. So I went and found myself a coach. Well, let's talk about that. What what did you look for in your coach? Because I think that's important too, because everybody puts a shingle out. You know, they're uh, they're 18 and they're giving life uh, <laughs> coaching on Instagram, right? Hey, follow me, send me a check and I'll teach you how to be uh, really successful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted somebody outside of e-commerce. I wanted oh. somebody who had actually worked with small businesses um, in the, I guess I'll call it the quote unquote real world out there in the tangible world, uh, that had worked with small businesses, 
had worked with venture capitalists, um, so knew what it took to get a business funding. Those are all things that if you're going to scale, we didn't ever take funding or anything like that, but those were, if you could take a business from that, from point A to being available to funding, then that's a success. So I wanted somebody who understood that. And then on the flip side had worked with large companies. So I found somebody who um, was willing to sit with me and had done all of those things, had worked with Fortune 500 companies all the way down to little startup companies. Yeah, but that's not the way most people are doing it. Is this, is this a place, yeah. again, where you're coaching people to say, hey, wait, you want to get out of our circle because it's a little incestuous and we have these preconceived <laughs> notions you need to you do need to get some bigger perspective right i mean that that really yeah. is what you're describing is is the world's a little bigger than just chicago a little bigger than yes. ebay and amazon instagram yeah okay yes and so when i do coaching then that's what i bring to it is more let's look at this as a business and not as reselling because there's a difference there there's a difference in I'm reselling a product and I'm building a business. There's a mind shift that happens there. When I had that mind shift from I'm selling a product to I'm building a business, that's when I tripled my income within six months. Hmm. And I saw it in his eyes. I mean, he's, you know, A, he's enamored with you, but it just it was so cool. <laughs> the page, you, you guys were just, you could see it that together you both had that that buzz, that, that electricity. It's very, that's very, very cool. Um, and, uh, I think it's, uh, I hope, I hope people hear that again, go back and listen to that again. This is what it takes and look at the benefits. Did you ever think yes. that your relationship could get this much closer? Oh gosh, no, no. Cause we had a great relationship before. Right. Um, you know, and we're very happy and, you know, loved hanging out together and, and I'll be entirely honest a little scared before we took that leap to, is it going to be good or is it going to be really, really bad? Right. You know, like <clears throat> we're going to be together now 24 seven. Is one of us going to, you know, end up killing the other one? Like, is this going to be really, really bad? And, but to us, it was worth the shot. Um, and we both, you know, really felt like it's, it's going to be amazing. And it honestly, it has, we've been able to travel together um, we did some stuff together for eBay at eBay Open. We've been able to connect with the community together. And uh, people will tell me that Matt makes me less nerdy. So we, we, bring, we bring different sides to it. You know, he's, he's much more creative and artistic, and he sees things so much differently. So he brought this, this perspective to our business that I never had. I'm all data. I'm all numbers, you know, show me the spreadsheet. And he's more of, you know, like the trend looks like this. Mm -hmm. The trend feels like that. And I didn't even know that my business was missing that. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That innocence <laughs> with love, because you know, it comes from the right place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In, you know, I sit back and I think about these things a lot, and I think of um, the opportunities that e-commerce today affords people. I, uh, I, I'm back to where we started the conversation that the opportunity has never been better. Yeah. I mean, and I, yeah. I would say that on every channel because I have not met somebody on Etsy killing it yet. I have not. 
I know there are people that are just like, mm-hmm. but I haven't met them yet. But I have met people that are really successful um, for them, and it's all relative. Mm-hmm. But but I I've met many million dollar sellers on eBay. Now think about that eBay, many million mm-hmm. dollars, um, and you know, hundred million dollar sellers on Amazon. And so mm-hmm. uh, now I've met people that are really having success with Poshmark, uh, mm-hmm. and and you sit back. And you think about this, each one of them are so unique and different, but they lean in. And yes. that's, I think, the key. Oh, ooh, yeah. I love that phrase. That is probably the best uh-huh. description of what outliers are doing. They're leaning into their strengths and they're just going with their gut. Cindy, yeah. you're teaching us stuff today. All right. Well, so good. I do have a final question for you. But before I do that, somebody wants to follow you. First off on Instagram, you've got a great Instagram. Um, and it's sure. called Amazing Taste Store. Yes. All right. And I'll have a link yes. to that. Um, any other way that somebody, if they have a follow-up question uh, or they're very interested in your coaching, um, and again, Steve doesn't benefit, but again, if this connects with you, if what she said connects with you, then lean in. This might be the chance. This might be the opportunity to have somebody lean in with you. And I always say, if you can find that person you connect with, man, you know, there's so many great people out there. So, yes. okay. Um, so... I am Amazing Taste on YouTube. Uh, we're going to put up some videos this month of, um, we don't, we haven't in the past done a lot of YouTube, um, but we're going to put up some videos this month of just frequently asked questions, things that we, you know, see um, commonality. Uh, so we're going to be posting those this month. So you can find me there um, or on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is um, probably the best way if somebody wants to yeah. PM you. That's just one of the easiest tools. It's so simple. Everybody has it. So, all right, and I'll yeah. have a link there again. It's Amazing Taste Store. Okay, yes. so my final question is, you know, the goal of the podcast is to help people get who get stuck because, I, mm. you know, and I think you've seen so many people that the light just didn't click, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. when it does, it's like, oh, my God, you know, and then you can't stop yeah. them, and they just – surpass you which is so awesome yeah. to me right yeah uh, yeah well, i love it what's your best advice for somebody who's stuck right now my best advice for somebody who's stuck right now is to take a breather walk away from it for a moment and then come back and look at why you're doing it if you don't know why you're doing it you can't be successful so really think about why do i want this you know in if you go and you decide I'm going to run a marathon and your why to running a marathon is just because eh, somebody told me I could, somebody told me I should, that's never going to be strong enough for you to get out in the morning on a Tuesday when it's dark and gloomy and you want to stay in bed and go run those miles. Your why has to be powerful enough that it gets you through those places that you're stuck because we all have them. Some days this is just a grind. So what's your why? Why are you doing this? What is the purpose? What's your goal? Is, <clears throat> excuse me, is your why that you want to be able to take your kid to Disney? Then go print out a picture of Disney and tape it to your computer. Is your why that you want to bring your husband home from work? Ooh. Then you get that picture of that cubicle and you tape that to your computer. And the next time you're feeling stuck, you're feeling like this is a grind, you take five minutes and you look at that picture and you really talk yourself through, why am I doing this? Why do I work so hard? That's what gets you unstuck is knowing your why. This perspective. You're the perspective speaker. You are. 
You really Thank are. You. I mean, I think it's so important to have that perspective. I was sitting there thinking about that guy taking that long commute when you're talking about bringing mm-hmm. a husband home and how many possible accidents every, I mean, this is awful stuff to think about. And it's like yeah. all these terrible things that we all see on TV and to potentially sacrifice additional time for yourself to help avoid that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what it's all about. And that's why those relationships get deeper. Oh, give me the chills again. Cindy, <laughs> man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I wish you Absolutely. nothing but success. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with more people and hopefully to encourage people to recognize that there is still so much potential here. This is a great life and we're not special in any way, shape or form. We're not. If we can do this, anyone can do it. It's completely possible. It does not matter where you are, your economic background, your education background, the opportunities are available to us all. So well put. Take care. Great episode. Great lady. Um, Very, very cool. Uh, I met her and her husband at Ecom Chicago. And I'm telling you, they had an electricity about them. It's like they were one unit. I mean, that's so cool when you can see a couple. You guys know what I'm talking about. When you see him and her and you can just see they they just continue. It's just like one. They are truly one as a, uh, when you do get married and they had it. And so it's just so cool to see. Um, and again, I appreciate her perspective, uh, talk because I gained some perspective and I think some of the connections she made, I had not made before. And, and it really, uh, really, uh, has some influence uh, with me. And so I hope you got something from it too. So ecom, uh, ecommercemomentum.com ecommercemomentum.com. Reach out to me if I can help you in any way. I get a lot of notes. I get a lot of emails and I'll do my best to answer every single one. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.